Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We are uh, surrounded by the triad of awesome gentlemen as we are heading into our free agent frenzy. Numero dos, as we are just gathering all this Good, uh, well, I mean, this day was good news. There might be bad news. There might be strange news coming along uh, soon, but we will just have to wait and see and find out as we uh, see to my left here, Mr. James Zeltzer from 97.5 The Natic. How are you, sir? Good. I've, I've never been officially part of a triad before, so <laughs> I'm excited right now. Uh, and, of course, uh, Mike K. hanging out in Phoenix uh, once again. How are you, sir? I feel as good as Richard Sherman arguing with D'Angelo Hall. How awesome was that? We'll get into that a little bit, too. And, uh, of course, the professor, Patty Ice, Patrick Wall. What's going on, my friend? Doing frenzied. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, the uh, I guess that well, obviously the biggest thing that happened today is Mr. Darren Sproles coming in for basically Isaac Sopawaga and a six-round pick, which I got to kiss Howie on the forehead. Uh, I think this is a great move, Mike. I, I was very excited to hear this news this morning. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you uh, got the news? Um, I vaguely heard rumblings of it before it happened. So when I went to sleep and was kind of messing with people, uh, I wasn't thinking about that rumor. But this rumor actually, I mean, this actual move made it look like I knew something more than I did. But, uh, uh, you know, I was happy with it. I, I think that it was a realistic possibility. I know Tommy Lawler wasn't huge on it prior to the deal. I think he's the type of guy that you're going to put in the slot. I like the idea of 22 personnel and having Macklin or Cooper or Deshaun, uh, you know, being outside and being that one distraction uh, from the uh, the personnel. So um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I think you can move him anywhere. I like that it's a one-year deal. He's kind of slowed down. He's going to be 31. So you see how it works, and you can extend him, in, in, you know, during the season if he's doing well. James, 81% of the time he's on the field, it's all passing 
Uh, what do you think uh, that involves when uh, you put him and Shady in the same backfield? I think it's, you know, it's dynamic. I, I don't see why, how you could not be excited about this move, you know, g- giving up a fifth rounder essentially, you know. You know, fifth rounders do mean something. It's a, it's a deep draft, but to get a guy who's a, a proven weapon in the league, a guy who, you know, uh, causes so many issues for defenses, it's it's just another weapon that Chip has at his disposal that other defenses are going to have to game plan for. And I, I do think they'll expand the, the screen game, the short passing game to kind of let Sproles do what he does best. I, I, I'm excited about the move. Yeah, Pete, well, actually, Chip called him an unbelievable offensive weapon. Uh, I think uh, he was as giddy as a little schoolgirl uh, at the barbie shop when this thing came down. How were you feeling about it? You know, I feel good. When I first heard about it, I think I was more excited than, than as I went along throughout the day. Um, the one thing I think that caught, caught my eye more than anything else is I believe he had 71 receptions last season, um, and that would have counted for second among Eagles. So if he had been on the Eagles last season, that would have been second. Uh, Shady was second with with uh, 53, I believe. So he's still productive, even if the explosion may not be there at 31, which is you know to be expected. Um, but they gave up a fifth round pick, which was a spare fifth round pick. Um, so we still have one in the fifth. Um, you know, it's if you're going to take a flyer on a guy, I think he's a good guy to take a flyer on. And um, you know, obviously he fits what what Chip wants to do, and it's just get another look and. It's exciting because we haven't even reached the draft and we've already started adding these sort of dynamic Chip Kelly-esque uh, players to the offense, which is... Yeah. In addition to that, too, the, you know, no one's mentioned the, the kick returning abilities, which is yep. so long since Brian Mitchell really been a, an issue. I mean, Westbrook, when he would return kicks, and obviously Deshaun has shown flashes. Um, but, you know, to have a proven kick returner who, who has shown that he can take it back, you know, in the past is, is nice to have. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, secondly, Nolan uh, Carroll getting uh, inked up as uh, somewhat uh, uh, of an obvious uh, move there for the Eagles. Um, Mike, I think this is just basically, I've, I've said on Twitter a bunch of times that this is basically a Bradley Fletcher, uh, maybe a little longer. But uh, what do you think about Nolan Carroll uh, coming in? I mean, I think that's a fair comparison. If you look at his contract, you can see that how he owns the market. I've said this several times on Twitter. But uh, to get three, uh, two years, three hundred uh, two years, three point six five million dollars for a potential starting corner when Captain Motherland just got a three-year four. $14.25 million deal from the Vikings to basically be their starting nickel uh, with $7 million guaranteed. I think Howie's basically played the market better than anybody. Actually, if you look at that uh, deal, um, uh, Malcolm Jenkins is only making $2 million more million than, than Munderland. But anyway, sorry, we'll get back to I'm going off on a tangent. But um, I actually, when I was in South Florida, I watched a ton of Nolan Carroll. Very good special teams player. He's a lot more talented and has a lot more upside than you think. Uh, you know, he, start, he started 20-something games in his career. He can play. He's very good in coverage. He's going to be very good in, when they play zone. He can play off. He's got a little bit of tip-hip syndrome, but, uh, you know, overall, I think he's a he's – a, he's like Bradley Fletcher. He's a, you know, high uh, – he, he he's got upside as a starter. Uh, and, uh, Patrick, are you uh... – I mean, like, this is a great thing, and Mike pointed that out. And not only the 3.65, but 750000 is guaranteed, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you need to add the cornerback depth here. Um, obviously, the big talking point from last night was 
Rebus going to uh, New England. Are you a little miffed at all that, you know, there isn't a bigger name that's getting pushed through here? Are you okay with the strategy thus far? Uh, consider Rebus got uh, like $5 billion guaranteed in his first year. I'm sort of okay with it. I think that this is kind of an interesting signing, and I think we're going to have to wait and see towards the end of the week. I believe Kerry uh, Williams is due uh, some roster bonus money on Sunday. I, I don't really see it as being that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, obviously you would probably like to upgrade the cornerback position a little bit more than you can. Again, we haven't hit the draft yet, so there's you know potential to bring in a young guy, which frankly I think I'd rather see than bringing another 27, 28-year-old cornerback. Um, but, you know, I think... I think this move sort of gives you that competition at cornerback that, you know, I don't think is going to hurt anybody. And if the new guy can come in and take a veteran job, then, you know, that means he's playing well. So I think everybody would be happy with that. Um, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not upset that we didn't get Revis. Didn't really ever look like he was going to go anywhere other than New England anyway. Um, but, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and uh, James, the other two guys we haven't uh, mentioned that, you know, came uh, yesterday were the Chris Margos and Brian Brayman, uh, you know, Special teams, obviously, uh, big on Chip Kelly's plate. Um, any thoughts on those two guys? Uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have, you know, watched a lot of either of these guys, but from what I've read, what I've heard, you know, they both seem, uh, like you said, like pieces on special teams, especially Bremen. Uh, but, you know, uh, Margo's having another safety helps, you know, but, uh, you know, these are, these are, are filler type moves. These aren't the moves where you go out and you're, you know, yelling about how excited you are that the Eagles signed Chris Maragos. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a move that needed to be made. It's a depth move, but it's not. So I don't see either of these guys being huge pieces on defense. But uh, you know, I definitely hope to see them contribute on special teams. No, well, I, I just wanted to add to that point. Uh, I think with Maragos, you can look at him as an upgrade over Colt Anderson because he can play safety at a pinch. Uh, you know, he did a very good job. He's behind the two best safeties the best safety tandem in the league last year actually the last three years so he's got that experience he comes from a winning program he seems like a really well-bred guy and could be a leader probably on special teams and then when you look at Brayman he's kind of he could supplement uh, Casey Matthews as the fourth outside linebacker pretty easily Uh, and he's got some raw upside as well so I think with the two of them they were looking to upgrade their depth as opposed to make a splash move or anything like that. And I think that's the right way to go about things with veteran free agents. This is what, I, you know, you mentioned the splash moves and all this stuff. And I, granted, there are a ton of different uh, Twitter GMs out there. There's a bunch of different opinions on what exactly makes and builds the best team here. This is what I want to ask pretty much everybody here. I like Vincent Wilfork. I think that could be, I think he's a great football player. I think if you had a choice and he was out there and you could g- get him for a guaranteed $10 million, I'd think about it. Uh, but I know in saying that, a bunch of people tend to react strange when you like good football players. Uh, I- I'm just trying to find out where the balance is to, you know, I-, I love the tape, guys. I love that Mike knows way more than probably any three of us that are sitting here about these guys. That's what's... Uh, awesome about BGN and all that stuff too. I I feel like a little bit the fan opinion is a little bit, I I don't know, ramrodded. I don't know. I think you have to sometimes be like a complete expert sometimes to even suggest anything nowadays um, to uh, with certain football players. Like we have to know the contracts and we have to know exactly what will fit with what. But what do you guys think about that uh, just in general? 
as far as football fans is balancing that out between that and being completely head-on serious about every signing that the Eagles do? I think because football is such a popular sport in the NFL in particular on Twitter, there's always going to sort of be someone who knows more than you about something. You know, we have guys on Twitter, and as Eagles fans, we're very lucky and a lot. There are a lot of sort of national guys or guys who do unique things that also are Eagles fans. I mean, there's a there's a uh, at least one guy who just does cap stuff. If you want to look up the Eagles cap number, he's got you. I mean, that that's like the the Philadelphia Union don't have that. I mean, it's, <laughs> football is such a it's such a big deal in this town that there's always going to be somebody who knows more than you or thinks they know more than you. So, you know, it is a little bit difficult on Twitter when you say, oh, maybe we should go after, you know, Vince Wolfwalk. And everyone goes, you're an idiot. That's not the way it works. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, well, that's, that's uh, annoying. But, you know. And I'm not saying that. Look, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, if, if something is completely incompetent, like if, you know, if somebody's saying, well, we should have shown Jurious Bird. Like, that's an obvious thing. It's like, no, you're a moron. That's way too much money to put in that position when it, the defense doesn't really work like that. I'm not saying being an uneducated fan, clearly, because that's that's sometimes it gets a little silly. But you know, Mike, am I am I uh, am I going too far with this thing? Is this? I just feel like there's there's way too much pressure to know way too much stuff about everything without just having just hey, what do you think about this guy? I mean, I think you know, there's this sense now that everybody has a blog, everybody has this, everybody has that. I think you know, I blame it partially on how. Uh, open teams are about the draft now and how how extensive coverage is. I mean, NFL Network changed the entire fan, fan base landscape uh, by, you know, dishing out contract numbers and, and doing stuff like that. And people have become so smart and so NFL snobby that I think, you know, there are fans that are just casual and want to have fun and, and just, you know, they want to add Vince Wilfork. I mean, not that I disagree with that potential signing, but I, I think it takes away a little bit of the fun from the, you know, the consumer. I mean, you know, I would, you know, I would say that I have a pretty advanced knowledge of the NFL and all their teams and especially the Eagles. But, you know, if you want to give me, if you want to talk about a player, let's talk about a player. I feel like some guys that don't even write are just out to bash people and <laughs> out to make people look stupid. And I just, I, I don't think that that's in, you know, what we're talking about is something that's fun. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't really understand the. You know, it takes all the fun out of this stuff. When you see guys ripping on Jeff McClain for, uh, you know, posting a story about something, or when you see guys mocking Jimmy Kemsky because he wrote a funny article and they don't have a sense of humor, but they claim to be a comedian, even though they really aren't funny at all uh, and have to rely on AIDS jokes. You know, it's stuff like that that I really, I just, I don't really understand and I can't really wrap my mind around it. I, look, we are all immune and we are all, you know, going to get criticism as writers. But when fans criticize other fans, I just think it kind of takes away the whole point of the process. I, I, I love what Mike said. This is supposed to be fun. We're talking about a game that's fun. Uh, you know, at, when you're commentating on sports, you're doing it because you love it. You're doing it because it's something that you want to spend your time talking about or doing. Uh, James, this is, and that's one of the things I noticed more often this week was just the complete obliteration of Malcolm Jenkins and why, how he's cheap and all this other stuff. I guess that's kind of more the other side of the coin of it. But I, I, I mean, what? Where's the balance between 
okay, this is from a fan's perspective, and now, all right, this leans towards media, and now the media guy is telling everybody, yeah, this guy really stinks too. Uh, he, I, I'm going to go on PFF and look up his grades real quick and tell you why, and that's going to be my main basis of the argument. How do you feel about all that that balance that you have to keep? No, I think you've actually seen a lot of backlash against Malcolm Jenkins signing, and, and it's surprising because, you know, I've seen a ton of people on Twitter talking about how, you know, Michael Jenkins isn't a good tackler, and Michael Jenkins, you know, can't play the run, and this and that. And, I mean, first of all, you got to look at what he was asked to do in New Orleans secondary. He was asked in a lot of cases to be a, almost a, a, a extra cornerback as a safety. He played in a lot of coverage. Um, he was a cornerback coming out of Ohio State. Uh, First-round pick. There's pedigree there. He's a talented kid. And when you look at the the contract disparity, the numbers that were paid for a T.J. Ward, a Dante Whitner, and obviously a Jarris Bird, who you know is making crazy money, especially for a safety. Uh, you know, I don't I don't see how you can really bash the Malcolm Jenkins signing. It's not a huge commitment in terms of dollars. It's not a huge commitment in terms of years. And he's an athletic guy who, you know, we, we've got to trust Chip that he knows the kind of guys he'd like to fit in these spots, and he thinks that people can succeed in these spots. He got more out of guys last season than we expected. Guys like Fletcher, guys like Kerry Williams, you know. Uh, I think that he's pulling, ta- you know, ultimate talent out of a lot of these guys. Um, and, and I think that that could happen as well. So I, I just – I don't know why people are bashing the Jenkins signing. I think it's a good signing, especially for the price. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing that's kind of like, you know, we have to remember and keep in perspective. And you touched on it perfectly, man. Like this, this guy and this crew took a team that was supposed to do absolutely nothing into the playoffs, uh, drafted pretty well. Uh, and is building a pretty damn good team. And now all of a sudden, it, they suck because we're bloodthirsty for his safety. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the perspective gets lost in the free agency shuffle. Patrick, why are we so obsessed with free agency? Why is it like a Christmas toy that we just like, yeah, if we don't get the right guy, our, our year's going to blow. Uh, Denver's signing so many people. Why can't we do that? Because it's in front of us, and it's on Twitter, and it's exciting. And for the first time day and a half really of free agency it was just every 10 minutes every five minutes there was a signing so you, you know there's that sort of left out feeling when you don't get the guy that you know you've been reading about for the last couple months or even worse you see uh you know a team in, in your conference or your division sign a guy that you like it's in front of you i think uh, this to an extent this happens every year and it's exciting you know you want to see your team put forth an effort to do well and you want to see your team put forth an effort to do you know, what it needs to do to get to a championship. But then you also have to remember that, you know, it, it sounds like the crotchety old fan that you ignore, but, you know, you, you don't win a Super Bowl in free agency. What, what this team is building is a young core of players that can stay here for a decade, be raised as Eagles, and ultimately, hopefully, win a championship as Eagles. What you're doing in free agency is setting yourself up so that you don't have to draft needs We've been talking about this for months now. When the draft hits, I think everyone's going to feel the same way about free agency. They're going to feel the way they feel about the draft will be how they feel uh, about free agency right now. Everyone will be excited because it'll be there. But I just preach patience in free agency. <laughs> be patient in the next week. Let the, let free agency wash over you. And uh, you know, in the next month or so, we'll have a better idea of where we stand. And 
you know, the Eagles are going to pull some moves on draft day, maybe even before draft day, we'll see some crazy stuff go down that everybody will be excited about. And, you know, free agency is not the end of the offseason. The team that we, we're not fielding a team in mid-April. And, we, and you know, that's a good reminder, Mike. So what, what should the people that still want the Jarius Bird, that want the next Dawkins, what what should you tell them right now? Well, if you sign Jarius Bird to the contract that he, he signed, you may not be able to keep Nick Foles. You may not be able to keep Brandon Boykin. You may not be able to keep Michael Kendricks. You may not be able to keep Cedric Thornton. You may not be able to keep Fletcher Cox on long-term deals. And, you know, it's kind of like the guy said, they're building a team to last for the next decade and play together. Yes, we don't know if Nick Foles is the guy for the future or whatever, and we can, you know, get into that minutia later. But you've got a really nice core of young players, whether it looks like that on defense or not. But they've got a lot of good young players that are going to have to be re-signed. They've got some good offensive players that are going to need to be re-signed. Safety is an important position. It's my favorite position in the entire scheme of football. Not worth $9 million a year. Yeah. Not worth $9 million a year. Michael, Malcolm Jenkins can do a lot of great things for this defense and is built for this defense. Jarius Bird has two plantar fasciitis and has complained about a contract for three straight years. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a pass on that. A defensive captain for two different coaches, uh, I think that says a lot. Um, but uh, hopefully they'll be... I don't know. Hopefully, there'll be more to talk about maybe uh, tomorrow, over the weekend, all that good stuff. Uh, final thoughts uh, anywhere around, guys? Uh, you know, like I said, I think that I think kind of the theme that has come out of this discussion is that the Eagles are clearly looking to build through the draft. They're clearly looking to find value out there on the free agent mar- market. You know, they they seem to have learned a lesson from the Namdi type of contracts, and you know, they're, they're making smart calculated decisions and you know you really can't judge the team they're putting out on the field until the OTAs start and until the draft is done and we see what that full picture is going to be and and again to reiterate trust in Chip what he did in year one like you have to give this guy the benefit of the doubt going into this next season you know I I think that uh, you know like I think Patrick said just take a breath I mean free agency is months and months it's not the first week I think you're going to see some interesting moves over the next couple of weeks. You're probably not going to like one. You're probably going to like another. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this team's formed. It's a work in progress. The draft is extremely deep. And I think the Eagles will be picking up a few more picks in the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, just take a breath. It'll, it'll be okay. To piggyback on what Mike was saying, you know, th- we are in the, in the infancy of the 2014 free agency period. And I will say this: I will, I will, I will pull a John, and I will say, if you are not happy with the way that this team is built by the end of the offseason, going into OTAs and training camp, you let me know, and I will buy you a beer. I'm that confident that our team is going to look good. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be exciting, and it's going to be built well fiscally. If you guys feel the need that there needs to be more signings, just remember, you already signed two off the bat. That's Riley Cooper and that's Jeremy Macklin. So, I mean, without those guys, they were probably the tops in the market in the wide receiver position. So just be thankful of that. And let's move on. And we will see you, hopefully, uh, with some more uh, better news as we're rolling right along here, right here on BGN Radio. 